Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reckless Speculation from the TCL Broadcast Studios. You're listening to Mackie and Judd. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Now launching. Sequence start. Mackie and Judd. We'll see you. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? On a cross for Suter. Back for a drive. Niederreiter scores! Throws it on goal, and Reimer with a save. Shooter scores! Brandlin with it. Across, goal scores! What a feed by Brandlin! His long shot knocked away by Reimer. Rebound, he scores! Over for Brodeen. His long shot, he scores! 35% of the season goes by and you finally get Coyle and Niederreiter going. Uh, can you break up that line? I can. <laughs> Do I want to? Well, we'll see. We'll talk about it. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, if if and when uh, uh, Miko's going to play next. Like, uh, it's not a, a slam dunk that he's playing Saturday, so I don't really have to worry about it till tomorrow at practice when the jerseys come up. You know we're having fun. They're 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 buzzing. We're we're moving our feet. We're talking all the time, um, and we're getting you know we're, we're getting the results right now. Danny Cunningham, did you see my hockey team last night? Oh, your hockey team. Did you Judd. see my hockey team? Judd, your hockey team. My hockey team. My hockey, hockey team is team. in such good shape right now. Your hockey. Will they ever lose again? I mean, five goals. Mm, yeah. All right. First of all, I mean the, I the goaltender. The goaltender for the, the Florida Panthers. What a disgrace. I mean, disgrace to the game of hockey. I'm just five goals to the wild. Keep going, keep going. I I want to hear. I mean, he is an embarrassment. I hear your hockey takes. He is an embarrassment to the game. How is he allowed to, to okay, just what stand basketball in net? player? What basketball player would James Reimer be compared to? As embarrassment to the game? Yeah, I mean, who's? Oh, oh give me oof. your give me your NBA equivalent of a backup. Uh, some you know some guy that comes in is dependent on to play a key role in that night's game and then completely blows it for his team. I mean, we can look at J.R. Smith in the finals last year. Yeah, he, but he James, blew it for his team. That, that was actually worse. That was that way was worse. Far, that yeah, was, was far worse finals. than James Reimer. It was the finals, and James James Reimer didn't lose track of something last night, other than the hockey oh, puck. Oh, he lost, he lost track of the puck a bunch of All times, right. Judd. Five right. times, if we're counting. All right, can I, can I school you on a very important hockey thing here? Yeah, let's do that hockey. Can I help you do that hockey? Let's do that hockey. Okay, this. Uh, let's play this quote again, and then I'll get to my point here. 35% of the season goes by and you finally get Coyle and Niederreiter going. Uh, can oh, you break up that line? I can. <laughs> Do I want to? Well, we'll see. 
All right, so here's what happened. A week ago Thursday, uh-huh. Miko Koivu took a knee-on-knee hit. Miko. Miko Koivu, the Miko, captain of Miko this team. Miko, like M-I-K-O? M-I-K-K-O. Oh, no he took a hit. Uh, he took a hit on the knee, and he's been out since then. That hurts. In the third period of a debacle of a game, a 7-2 to loss, if I'm not mistaken, last Friday in Edmonton. Touchdown. They put yes, and that's not good when it's against you. Now the Wild had a touchdown in goals on Tuesday against oh, Montreal. Wow. Good for them. They had they put Charlie Coyle. They moved him from the wing. They moved him to center. Nino Niederreiter then was moved to the right wing on that line, and Zach Parisi, who almost always plays with Koivu, was moved to the left wing. Let me let me ask you something here before yeah. we get going. Who's got the best name on the Wild? Because I mean, Nino's a good name. Nino's probably the best name. Miko's a good name. No. You don't think so? Nito Niederreiter rolls off the tongue beautifully. Niederreiter. Miko Koivu Nito. doesn't. See, getting that, that T in at the end is kind of tough. Nino Niederreiter. Yes, it, it, it is kind of tough. It's a tough, tough last me, name, like that pronunciation. It is a little bit tough, but you asked me for the best name. You you asked me the best name. Well, yeah. Miko Koivu is not the best name. Miko's pretty good. Miko's okay, but Koivu doesn't. I don't know that I like that Nino Eric Stahl spells it with two A's. It's not his fault. It's his parents' fault. Okay, right. sure, but... Back to my point. Jonas is a good name, too. Back to... No, not really. Jonas is a great name. No, it's not. It's an okay there, There's name. brothers named after him. I'm a guy named him. Judd. Listen, I don't love... My, my name's fine, but I don't love my name. Jonas is not a great name. That's a bunch of crap. Jonathan was the one that caught my joke. Oh. You know what? You you, you and your kids and your jokes. All of your jokes. One. It was a good one. All right. So back to my point, Danny Cunningham. I'm going to make my point if it kills me. So they put these three guys together, and Koivu's been out since. And now the big talker, and oh, by the way, these guys have played two full games in which the Wild has won in the third period of the Edmonton game together. And they have collectively have seven goals and seven assists for 14 points in what amounts to seven periods of play, which is fantastic. But but really, they only got four points by winning both games, right? They teamed it, yes. But these guys have been fantastic. So anyway... Now the big talk is, are they going to, are, when Miko comes back, because he was expected to miss a lot of time at first, and now it looks like he could play as soon as tomorrow against Calgary at home, are they going to put Miko back on the what amounts to the second line, which is what this has been? I don't get this, and here's why. What do you hear about hockey constantly and hockey players? Unlike basketball players. Put the puck in the net. Put the puck in the net because it's a team sport. And I will always, what do we always hear from hockey players? I always want to do what's best for the team. I'm willing to do what's best. We're always going to defer to what's best. Are you trying to call the athletes in my sport selfish? Yes, absolutely. Basketball players are some of the most, and you know what? Basketball players can thrive on that. Hockey players are supposed to thrive on the team mentality. So this whole thing that Miko might be upset to come back not on the line in which he was playing when he got hurt, and Eric Stahl is your first-line center, so it's going to go, for now, Stahl and Stahl Coyle. Stahl with two A's. Yeah, Stahl with two A's, and then Coyle. So you're going to come back with Miko Koivu on the third line, and it's absolutely not a big deal. He's the captain of the team. He's 35 years old. I, you can't tell me that he's actually going to be upset if they bring him back on the third line. And, oh, by the way, in hockey... They change lines up all the time. So it's oh, not yeah, that shifts, man. That's not a big deal. And and if you go cold, they'll change the lines. So this Isn't whole it always cold on a rink? That's good. That's good stuff. Thank you. So this whole notion that they are somehow going to upset Miko Koivu if he's playing on the third line for a game or two games or I don't care if it's a two weeks. It's the most non hockey thing of all time since hockey players always talk about always doing what's best for the team. 
Miko Koivu's a third-line center when he comes back. There's no discussion about it. He'll play with a couple decent players, and that's that. He's 35 years old, too. He's not exactly Wayne Gretzky. Jimmy Butler just wanted to win. Yeah, well, and the Jimmy Butler's and Jimmy a Butler just example. wanted to win. And Jimmy Butler doesn't care about anybody else, and so Jimmy Butler's an, a selfish, very selfish person. Hockey players all talk about how unselfish they are. Wanted Jimmy Butler, win. Jimmy Butler never said he wasn't selfish because we knew he was. Your sport has some of the most. Selfish has Miko said he's not players. selfish? He always talks about the team. He's the uh-huh. captain. He Jimmy always talks about the team wanting to win. He always talks about what's best for Miko. Talks about and he is the captain of the team, and therefore he should be more than willing to take a temporary demotion to the third line when he comes back. I think it's very very simple. I think there's no controversy here. And if it's this is going to help the team win, and they've scored what twelve goals in the past two games, that's, that's a lot of goals. That's exactly right. And the guy who flagged this, congratulations, the guy who sent me the first text last night as we were at the Wild game, watching it in the in the company suite, and I went upstairs to the press box, was none other than Jonathan Harrison. That's right. Jonathan Harrison said, You're welcome. What, what was your, te- your text to me exactly? I uh, Let me pull it up. I think it was, huh, kind of weird that the Wild scored 12 goals without Koivu. Koivu's a good name. Now, Koivu's not that good a name. Koivu's no, a great a name. name. No, it's not. Need a writer's a way better name. No, it is not. You're absolutely crazy. Jonathan, You're... put it on the poll. What's a better name? Koivu or Need a Rider? Okay, here's the text exactly. Far. Can't be a good sign for Koivu that the Wild have scored 12 goals without him. Can't be. And you were right. Good, good thing he's got am that I not, name to fall back am on. Am I not right now on the radio giving you complete credit? And I appreciate am that. Am I not? And now, and now the only question is, what does Brett Favre think <laughs> that the Wild should do? You know, uh, yeah, I could. No, will I do it? Who knows? Uh, I've learned to never say never. Thinks they should take on Bama. That's exactly what he does. Yep. That is now applicable to anything we want it to be. Hold on a second here. Ding, ding. Bielitsa. He now has 12 points to lead oh, the Kings. Oh, those sneakers squeaking. Bielitsa. That Sounds more natural. That didn't last long either. 68-66. Gibson facing on Bielitsa. Slapped away by Bielitsa. And now a block from behind by Bielitsa. Bielitsa. You think he likes playing against his former team? Yes, he does. Nemanja from downtown. Bielitsa. Nemanja, great name. Now that, yeah, Bielitsa's good name. The former T-Wolf. How good must that feel, Doug? Why did your why is your team, which plays in Phoenix tomorrow night, why did the Timberwolves? Well, they're not my team. They're Glenn Taylor's team. Why have they stopped shooting three points? Why have they? Why in your sport have the Timberwolves stopped doing what they can do actually pretty well now, shooting three pointers? Oh, you 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 read what I wrote today. Yeah, I've got it right here. How about that? Yeah, but so, but this was this by the way a year ago. This was the complaint. The but Tibbs this, I don't was, think this is a Tibbs problem. Okay. I don't think that they've, because they were never a team that was like lighting it up from three. I mean, in percentage wise, they are top six or seven in the league. I have to go look today after the numbers from last night's games, but they're a, a very good three point shooting team. They shoot at, I want to say around 36 or 37%, which is very good. But the problem is the number of threes they take. They were taking right around 33s per game in October, November, which is not great, but it's a relatively healthy number. Since the month flipped from November to December, mm-hmm. that's gone down. They're shooting like 23 threes a game, and that is far too few. That's second fewest in the NBA behind the San Antonio Spurs. 
And the Spurs have DeMar DeRozan, who doesn't shoot threes, and LaMarcus Aldridge, who doesn't shoot threes either. So that's why those guys are the kings of the mid-range. Like, if you think watching Andrew Wiggins is frustrating, watch an entire Spurs game. Because that's all, everyone is I just did. Andrew I sat Wiggins. by you for, for the entire Spurs game. Yeah, and, and how did they look offensively? They looked absolutely putrid. Exactly. So that's what the Wolves can't be. They need, And I think part of the reason is Derrick Rose's, the number of attempts he's been taking from three has gone down. Now, his percentage is roughly still the same, but he just hasn't been taking those shots. And Robert Covington hasn't been taking as many threes either. Covington, in his in eight of his first nine games with the Wolves, he took six or more threes. He's only take, taken more than six once since um, after that ninth game. He looks hurt, too. He does that, not look good. That knee lo- looks like it's a I think problem. that that his health right now, I think his health right now is an issue both for why they're not generating as many threes and why they've given up so many threes on this West Coast trip. They've been outscored from deep 144 to 69 over the three games. But you're saying it's not a Tibbs problem? I don't, well, the defense I think is a Covington being injured problem. And I think that Covington and Rose not taking enough threes. And I think Jeff Teague passing up threes too is also an issue. Now, granted, his... His numbers haven't changed much because he's been passing up threes all year, but I think his tentativeness to shoot them really hurts the Wolves. Can you answer me this question? Why did, in the Sacramento game, why did he get, get a technical? I don't have a good answer. But, but and, didn't and, that happen at the home game then? Didn't you say that, didn't he get another technical at, at a home game like last week as well? And I asked you the same question, and you oh, said that you were sitting right there and you didn't yeah, know? Yeah. What? Why are they teeing guys up? I don't know. And they did it in the Lakers-Houston game last night too. I think it was uh, either Josh Hart or Kyle Kuzma had an awesome dunk for the Lakers. And like he flexed a little bit and looked at the guy he dunked on and jogged back, and they teed him up. Like, I'm sorry. But is that because you're looking at the guy? Like, it, it's for taunting. I'm trying to figure this out. It, it's for taunting. And taunting uh, is? Like, I can't look at you? Trying, like, trying to embarrass the opponent is the definition. Isn't that professional but I'm sports? So, yes. I'm sorry. If Jeff Teague dunks, he's allowed to do whatever he wants. Jeff T dunks like two times a year. Well, who was the guy that way back in the day that Sean Kemp dunked on and did the the two <laughs> the two finger point that oh, yeah. it was and it wasn't the middle finger it and, was just he just yeah. did the two points like this. And Larry Nance Jr. did that to someone last year. I don't remember yeah. if it was when he was with the Lakers or with Cleveland after Kemp, he had been traded. Kemp but didn't he did get that a T for that. I think he did it to uh, to Miles Plumley. I think he he dunked on one of the one of the Plumleys. I don't know if it was Miles, so excuse me for that. Um, for Denver. So it might be Mason. I, I'd get them confused. But he, like, it was a great dunk. And he, like, kind of took a couple steps backpedaled and did that same finger pointing thing that Sean Kemp did. No T. Like, I'm sorry, but that's way more than a, of a taunting thing. And I'm glad he wasn't teed up then because that's not, I think you should be able to have fun. Like, sports are fun. That sports on, are supposed to be fun. That technical on Teague the other night was Incredibly trash. weak. It was so trash. And that was kind of, I mean, it wasn't the, the absolute be-all, end-all of that game. But it hurt their chance. It, it yeah. basically destroyed any chances they had of coming back. TCL Broadcast Studios. The show is Mackie and Judd. Uh, Phil will join at 4 o'clock. Sage Rosenfels will uh, join at 4.15 today instead of in the 5 o'clock hour. Matthew Collar, of course, in the 5 o'clock Oh, when we talk uh, baseball winter meetings at 4.30. With Dan Hayes from The Athletic right now, it's Zolgad, Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison, 1500 ESPN. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. 
All right, let's check traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. This check-in on traffic is brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pubs, five Twin Cities locations. Find them online at luckys13pub.com. 35W northbound. Got a crash in St. Anthony. Uh, It's between uh, County Road C and County Road D. It's causing a 23-minute delay. So if you're headed that way, northbound on W near St. Anthony, uh, you're in for a bit of a crawler. Also, Highway 100 southbound near St. Louis Park. Uh, we got a crash between 394 and Cedar Lake Road, and uh, that's causing an extra couple of minutes to your commute there. Shot clock, yep, down to three. Andrew drills the three. All right, Danny Cunningham. Yes, Judd Zawit. What are we... Zolgad, but close enough. Same thing. What are we to, <laughs> what are we to make... <laughs> Listen to John. I like what Jonathan cackles at the end. Oh, it's good. I know that is good. (laughs) Jonathan's so easy to make laugh, and I I love hanging around Jonathan because it makes me feel so so much funnier. Well, yeah, that's true. Like I feel like I'm hilarious because Jonathan laughs at everything. Well, you guys spent the entire the entire afternoon listening. Don't make us fall down this rabbit hole on the air. We went down a rabbit hole. You can't because you can't play the stuff that you guys were playing. We could. We just couldn't podcast it later. The uh, well, the mashups do have some very interesting. Language. Oh in yeah, them, that I too. Guess. That <laughs> might be a them. that yeah. might be a dump we, button we problem. We just we can't play the DMX ones, <laughs> and and True. we and we can't play the uh, Mariah Carey Sheck West one either. <laughs> that one's so good. That's that's a, that's we found another one, one too. That's your yeah. best we one. found another Mariah Sheck West. I don't even know who Sheck West is, and that stuff's great. It's really well done. He's getting really rich. Okay, <laughs> I have a question for you. Off of this, With no his brother Mo Bamba. <laughs> no, I have a serious question. Off of this, off of this conversation. So we're we're at the wild game last night, and I have done no Crazy. research on this whatsoever. But I see that uh, Kanye, who I think is oh been, yeah, here we who, go, who I think has been someone someone has been quiet of late, right? Like Kanye isn't, and By I know his he's, standards, yes, I know he's off his rocker, <laughs> but he has basically done. There's been very little about Kanye of late. Goes after Drake on Twitter. Oh yeah. So what? So what the hell happened here? I mean, a lot happened, Judd, and I want this to be the next you know? Judd, Judd Sports Challenge because, you to tweet as often Because as I did. will say this. Right now, this show this show is up against Patrick Royce, who's joined the afternoon show on, on FM 107, which is full of pop culture, right? Uh-huh. So I you think have, Royce knows about Drake no, and Kanye? No, I told him. I said, you got it. You got it. You've got to learn about this, right? He's going to find out. But what I want to know, what I want to know to be on a par with Patrick is what happened. So Kanye went nuts last night. Um, he claimed that Drake threatened him. I mean, he tweeted like, "Okay, where? Okay, the context. Did Drake threaten him like privately, and then he took it public?" Yeah, it, like, oh, uh, it was amazing. He went nuts on Twitter. He sent he sent upwards of fifty tweets in like a thirty five minute time span. It was amazing. And part of this stems okay, give, from... Give me a feel for... I, I get you can't read them verbatim, but give me a feel for what these tweets were about. I mean, I can read them. Okay. Well, yeah. I just thought if they were full of words, we could not use Oh, no. The he, they're used of, they're full of like grammatical errors and spaces. Oh, I don't care about that. <laughs> but, um, they're <laughs> not, Twitter. I don't even care. They're not full of... Not like, very many periods or commas or... Yeah. Stuff, it's no. not full of like... Okay. Obscenities. Um, he tweeted at 808, trust Scott. He tweeted again... At 8.50, this is when it started. At 8.50, he tweeted, Drake called trying to threaten me. 
The kid he had run on stage at Pusha's concert is in critical condition. There was an incident at one of Pusha T's concerts in Toronto. And Judd's like, who the hell is Pusha T? <laughs> Another rapper. I'm just going to go. T I'm going to assume Pusha, that. Pusha T is the one that told the world that Drake had a kid. Now, is Pusha T important in the rap world? Um, Not nearly as important as Drake and Kanye. I he love is, this segment uh, already. Oh, this is great. Well, no, I'm just trying to learn. <laughs> I, and is. I would rather learn on the air than actually ask you guys off the air because I care more on the air. He is. <laughs> he's not as significant as Drake or Kanye, but he's he's, probably, he's been doing it. He signed, he signed to Good Music, have. which is Kanye's label. So yeah. him being hurt is a big deal. A, a kid got hurt at his concert. Oh, a kid got hurt. Okay. There was an incident at his concert that Kanye okay. thinks Drake had a hand in that happening. Gotcha. Kids in critical condition. Um, I can't read that one. <laughs> <laughs> then he tweeted, so Drake, if anything happens to me or anyone from my family, you are the first suspect. So cut the tough talk. It just doesn't sit right on my spirit. I got a family and kids. Six nine is locked up. XXX is dead. The kid that ran on stage is in the hospital. Yeah. Everybody knows somebody. He running around like he pock. He be texting people. Okay. I know okay. Like wait, it's wait, wait, cool. wait. Please, please stop for a second. But won't sit and talk with me. He running around like he's pock. Mean Tupac. 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 Okay. Shakur. So like he think yes. Who I know who that is. Deceased rapper. Yes. Yes. No but that was us. in my one of the greats. He's a, he yes. I remember. So basically, Kanye is. Accusing Drake of running around acting and acting in private like he's some type of thug in the sense that that Tupac was I mean he was a gangster rapper like that's what Tupac wasn't that is one hundred percent what Drake is not like you you can't have a song like Hotline Bling and also be Tupac it doesn't work like that am I right about Drake Drake strikes me as a a sports fan yeah and, Drake Drake and, is actually employed by the Toronto Raptors and, st- and and am I wrong and this is just for, from the outside so this might be completely inaccurate. Strikes me for a celebrity as a fairly, fairly normal person. Um, I mean, how normal can you be when you are in the limelight? And That's what I'm much saying. Money? In terms of like being normal in the sense that Kanye's not, like Drake being a normal person in every way that Kanye West is not. Yes. Okay. Like he seems like he's got it together. Um. Also, I felt I feel bad for LeBron. Because while this was going on, the Lakers were playing against Houston last night, and you know LeBron got back to his locker room after that loss and had like 15 texts from Drake about this. Like, you know that's how it happened. Why is Drake uh, reaching out to LeBron? LeBron and Drake are pretty close. They're really close. Like, the um, LeBron's show on HBO, The Shop, like they had Drake on for a sit-down. That's a good show. Like, two-on-one interview. I enjoy that show. With LeBron and Mav Carter and Drake. Okay. Like, that's something that no one else can do, but LeBron and Drake are close. Like, Drake sends LeBron music before it's released to listen to. Like, a lot of times, the first way the world hears some of Drake's music is in LeBron's Instagram stories. And that's when when Drake was on there. That's when he basically explained Talked how, about the kid how, how and, Pusha and all T this, found yeah. out about him having a kid and everything. Because Kanye basically was the one who fed that information so, to Pusha T. So, do we think... When Kanye does this, when he pops up and, you know, he's been basically absent for a while and then he comes in with something like this, do we think it's genuinely he's off his rocker yes. and outraged at Drake or is he trying to get back in the spotlight? I think he's off his rocker. Yeah. I think he had, and I think he has been for, I mean, I've, I've been over Kanye West for a number of years now. Like I, I, and I, I'm not even trying to like make fun or clown him or anything like that. I think there are some serious issues there with him. And I just, you know, 
the whole the whole TMZ thing earlier this year talking about slavery being a choice and and all of that stuff like he, he, there's there's some stuff going on there and I don't I don't know exactly what but there's something there with him for a long that's been going on for a long time that is not uh not great. All right, I got three more tweets. I'm the guy with the pink polo that made a way for him. Now he's so street and don't ever speak on 350s. Oh, yeah, I need interpretation there. I, I figured you would. I didn't think I you Don't ever so, speak on what? 350s. Three, okay. Those are, so Kanye is, aside from being a, a musical artist, he also is a fashion designer. He has a, a line of shoes with Adidas, and one of the models <laughs> is- who doesn't design shoes these days? Is, is the 350s. Okay. The Yeezy Supply 350s. Okay. Actually, the only good shoe he's had since he left Nike. Um, the rest of them are all 100% completely garbage, but the 350s are fine. Drake said he won't wear them. Um, Drake has a partnership with Nike slash Jordan. Like he has custom, like there are Jordans that are OVO Jordans that are his Jordans that get released. Um, and him saying that he's the guy with the pink polo that made away from is, is a true thing that Kanye was really before Kanye became prominent. A lot of rappers, you had to be, you had to have a certain amount of street cred and be tough and, and be a thug to really make it in mainstream rap. And Kanye and if you weren't like that, you were the outlier. Kanye kind of flipped that to where now you don't need to be all those things to be able to be a rapper. And Drake would not be what he is without Kanye being able to do that first. So was was Kanye was Kanye normal at one time or as normal yes. as you can be? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think a lot of this I think was prior to his mom dying. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think a lot think before Kanye's a lot mom died, he would and he was a really good rapper. <laughs> like if you go back and listen to Kanye's first two or three albums, they are oh, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> And and he's right in the sense that he paved a way for Drake. Like he paved a way for a lot of these guys that are around today that just wouldn't have made it in the the late nineties, unless you were a a true outlier, like even Eminem, but even Eminem had such a criminal history too. Like he he had been booked for assault and, and domestic battery and all those things where now you don't have to be that. And a lot of that is because Kanye made it. So you didn't have to be that. See, Jonathan, I'm smarter now. That was a lesson. I didn't know. I didn't know a lot about that. Very proud of you, Jed. I wanted to find out. I saw this big brawl going on on Twitter. I I was curious. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break. I promise we're going to come back and talk some wolves eventually. I don't. Mackie and Judd. Mackie joins at 4. Rosenfels at 4.15. Judd, Danny, Manny, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've heard to date. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Uh, I miss the Knicks. I, I'm just kidding. Uh... Laszlo Holmes, very cold, ringside, Rangers versus Oilers. It's me. That's absolutely fantastic, yes. That was last year, right? <laughs> that was, That's I believe, 2017, yeah. Yeah, and the best part was when they when they supposedly have him talk to Brady Shea, who I think played at Lakeville and, and played for the golfers, yep. and he looks at Brady Shea's name. He's like, nope. He goes, <laughs> nope. That's an S, a K, and a J. That's a nope. That's a nope. All right, let's go to your sport again. Shot clock, yep, down to three. Andrew drills the three. 
All right, Andrew Wiggins. Was that off of a Jeff T. grenade? Uh, yeah, you know what? It, <laughs> it well, might have been. Do you, have you ever watched a player in the NBA that dribbles the ball as much as Jeff Teague does only to pass it with like four seconds on the shot clock to make someone else No, he loves to do that. He absolutely loves I don't to. know that I've ever seen anyone do that as much as he does. And, maybe, maybe Rajon Rondo. Andrew Wiggins. Though. Maybe. Andrew Wiggins <laughs> has had now, what, four consecutive games with 20 or more points? Yeah, he's, he's played well. He's at three or four. He's played well. Yeah, the first... Uh, the, Last game here mm-hmm. against uh, Charlotte, and then all three games in the West, he's played well. So when he does, and even against the Rockets, he's played. Sorry to interrupt you. He's had five straight good games. So when he does this now, what do we make of this? Because it seems to me, much like with uh, Charlie Coyle of the Wild, when he starts to play well, you think to yourself, "Wow, there's something here. There's a lot here. There could be. This could be great." And you think that they're going to get on a roll. And then it seems like in both cases, inevitably they slide back. So when you watch him playing well, do you see something that can be kept up here? Or is this just a quick burst again? And we're within two weeks going to be talking about the fact that he's not scoring enough, the fact that he's not doing enough. He needs to keep up his aggression. His aggressiveness in getting to the basket is something that when he does go through slumps, I think that's the biggest thing that's not there. Because you are it's a make-or-miss league. Listen, you're going to go through shooting slumps and just not hit outside shots. Every player goes through that. No matter if you're a disappointment like Andrew Wiggins can be called or if you're one of the best players ever, you're going to miss shots at times. Not everyone's going to be a great shooter all of the time. I mean, Steph Curry goes through shooting slumps. It happens. But Wiggins needs to be able to continue to have the same aggression that he's had going to the rim over the past two weeks or so throughout those cold stretches, and then his cold stretches won't look nearly as bad. What keeps that up, though? That's a mental thing. He's just got, it's got to be a mindset. That's going to be the key thing. It's, it's got to be a mindset thing. It, it has to be that he feels he can't be denied at the rim. Mm-hmm. That's what he has to feel. Mm-hmm. Or if he doesn't, he's not going to be aggressive enough, and he's going to hit these cold stretches, and everyone's going to be frustrated, and we start it all over again. The more you see this team, too, Danny Cunningham, do you believe that this is a playoff team, or do you believe that this is a team that's going to have some good streaks, but ultimately, in what I think is a pretty tough conference, is going to fall short? I think right now this is a team that's going to fall short. And it's hard for me to to call them a playoff team when they've not won a road game against a Western Conference team yet. It's December 14th. We're we're two months into the season. How is that even possible? They are now 0 and 11 on the road. But you got Phoenix against, tomorrow night. You should. And now Devin, Devin Booker's against, questionable with okay. the hamstring, and that's a big help for them because he's their best player. But that's that's inexcusable. You you cannot call yourself a playoff team or a contender. And I realize what they went through at the beginning of the season is an abnormality. I get that, but they have won zero road games against Western Conference teams. And I know we talked about this earlier, or, or actually, no, it was a. Uh, Manny, Derek, and I on the Raised by Wolves podcast yesterday, their two road wins are against teams that are competing for Zion Williamson. Their only two road wins are against Brooklyn and Cleveland. Those two teams are terrible. Mm-hmm. Those two teams would both be in second last place in the West, uh, only ahead of Phoenix. That's nothing impressive. They need to find a way to win on the road before I think anyone in the right mind can call them a playoff team. What's the next step, though? Winning on the road. No, no, no. But what's the next step to getting there? What's the next step to... I think tomorrow night's a must-win. I thought I thought that... Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just call tomorrow night in Phoenix a must-win? If you want to be a playoff team, it is. You can't build all this positive momentum... Because if they're not a playoff... Go, hang on, if, hang on. You can't build all this positive momentum and go 9-3 and three in a 12-game stretch right after 
after making those trades, getting two wins on the road, and, and going seven and three at home against some really tough competition, having some really nice and impressive wins, and then throw it all the way in a week out west because that's essentially what they've done. You can't call this Western Conference road trip that they've been on now anything but a failure. There's no salvaging it. It's not, oh, well, if you win tomorrow night, it's really not that bad. No, it's that bad no matter what. It can only get worse. It can't get better with a win. Because, oh, I, I was just going to say this. If, because if they are, if they are, um, if they can't get this turned around and they don't win on the road and they are not a playoff team, ultimately the coach is done. I don't see any. Yeah, I, I don't see any way that Glenn Taylor can keep Tibbs. And and personally, I don't think he should. But if Glenn himself says, "Well, the trade turned out pretty well, and you know, we we turned things around and played as a team, and Town seemed to be pleased with things," I don't see any way you can justify keeping Tibbs as your coach after this season if you don't at least sneak into the playoffs. And that might not be enough. I that agree might be two percent. I don't think it's enough either. I think that you need to. You probably need to, at the very minimum, make it to a game seven in the first round, if not win a first round series to retain tips. Here's, here's my question, though, because, and this has been kind of in the back of my mind for a couple of weeks now since they've been playing better since the trade and everything. In theory, making the playoffs and then getting swept out by Golden State or Houston or something like that shouldn't be enough for for Tibbs to keep his job. But this is also Glenn Taylor we're dealing with. And how many times has Glenn Taylor done something that we all thought he should do? Yeah. When he should do it. That's absolutely true. And so my thing is, I know like right now it looks like, yeah, they can make the playoffs and get swept out and Glenn's still going to fire him. But it's like, would anybody really be surprised if that scenario happened and Glenn just decided to keep him? Nothing would shock me, but I will say from from the discussions that we've had on this show with people who are very close to the team right. and cover them, uh, including Krasinski, it sounds like they need a first-round playoff win. It sounds like he is finally going to say, because you can't, and, and man, your point is a good one, because Glenn Taylor is as unpredictable as they come, mm-hmm. but you can't dismiss the Butler fiasco like that can't be forgotten here right he no tibbs as far as we can tell misled his supervisor his boss for months that's how it sounds and Mm -hmm. we've made all the jokes about them being the timberwolves well i don't know if you guys have but i have before i got here um about them being the timberwolves and just how everyone from thibodeau's past is here and you know, three out of the four players that they've gotten from those Bulls teams have really worked out for them. I think Luol Deng's been a great presence in that locker room. Taj Gibson's been, been a very good player, and Derrick Rose looks like a, a Derrick Rose we have not seen since 2011. But it's that one miss that is a huge black eye on this franchise. Yep. And I don't think that's excusable. I don't think if you don't, if you can't find a way to right the ship and win and win quick, I I don't see how you can forgive that. And I think if Butler had been handled, if Jimmy had come to him when we think that he did, gone to Tibbs and said, "I this is not going to work, I want out. And if Tibbs had handled that absolutely correctly from day one and gone to Glenn and been like, you know, this really, really sucks, but Glenn, here's what's going on. I think then, then it's repairable at that point that you actively trade Jimmy mm-hmm. and that you work with Glenn to do the best that you possibly can to get a return for him. And it it hurts your credibility that Jimmy didn't work out, but I don't think it's a death knell. Agree. The issue now, though, is as far as we can tell, he hid it from him. He tried to basically say, I'll fix this. So so I think if Jimmy, 
let's say it had all gone perfectly as far as as the handling of this. I think if you make the playoffs, you sneak in. Glenn probably says, you know what? That's okay. You went and got some players that help us. That's that's fine. It makes you question what the goals of the franchise are. It does, but it's not. But I don't think it's a death knell. I think the death knell portion of oh, you're well, saying how Tibbs handled yes. it in the summer. Okay, okay, yes, okay. I, yes, I, I no, lost track I'm no, I'm saying the way that it got handled. Now, if you don't win a playoff series, basically you're you're saying to yourself, I hired this guy three years back. I, I believe at that point. He was insubordinate. He didn't tell me what was going on. He hid this. He hid that. Is this a guy that I can trust, not just to coach my team, but to run my basketball operation? And and Manny's right. It's Glenn, so we can't for sure say the answer is no. But, boy, you sure go a long way towards saying one would have to think a businessman would say, this is not an employee that I can completely trust, therefore I'm going to make a change. And if you fire him as the basketball boss, then he's gone as coach. You're not going to get a a vice uh, president of basketball ops and say, but we're keeping tips. He's going to be gone. I think that the moment that he let the situation bleed into training camp, that's when it became what it is now. Mm -hmm. Not that he waited that long, but I think if he would have found a way to get him out of here in June, July, August, or early September and not let all these distractions bleed into training camp, I think that you're right about what the, the expectation would be. But now that he let it go as long as he did, I think that it got ramped up. Especially since it went 13 games into the season before you even made the trade and you were five games under 500 and put yourself behind the eight ball to even get into the playoffs in the first place. And the problem is now he's absolutely panicked, and guess what? Covington's hurt. He probably shouldn't be playing. He should probably sit for, I don't know, let's say three games a week, something like that. Tibbs is going to continue to play him. And that's mm-hmm. not for the best. That's that's ultimately not the smart move. That's the panic move. Everything with Tibbs well, it's is a panic all, move because they can't win without him. Right. But but the point is, if you if you handled this right, you would. He's the president of basketball operations. His job is to have the short term and long term. And this is tough. This is a tough assignment. But it's to have both things in mind. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do that ever. Because the Wolves are what five and ten without Covington. Yeah. No, you're you're right. And they in his mind, and he's probably right. They can't win without him. But continuing to play an injured player. Is irresponsible too, and, and if oh, you agree. if you had not botched the offseason with Jimmy Butler, if you're Tom Thibodeau, you can probably afford to let Robert Covington sit out a week because the the urgency to win may not be quite as high as it is now, and you probably wouldn't have started four and nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you wouldn't have for sure. Right, so you wouldn't you wouldn't have the same urgency because you wouldn't have been in the same hole. Exactly. Yeah. All right, TCL Broadcast Studios, take a break. Mackie joins at four. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. In zero res. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. 94 westbound, we got a crash. Uh, between Riverside and Cedar Avenues in Minneapolis, causing about an eight-minute delay. And uh, that area right across the river there is always uh, kind of a hotbed for crashes. You people got to be careful out there, man. On a cross for Suter. Back for a drive. Niederreiter scores! Throws it on goal, and Reimer with a save. Suter scores! Brandlin with it. 
Across the scores! What a feed by Grenland! His long shot knocked away by Reimer. Rebound, he scores! Over for Brodine. His long shot, he scores! All right, Jonathan Harrison posted at Danny Cunningham. 1500 ESPN Twitter poll. Better hockey name. Nino Niederreiter, Miko Koivu, or, of course, Brett Favre. Do you want to know what the uh, poll is saying right now? Because it's not favorable to what you think. Uh, Brett Favre. No. Damn. 56% agree Nino Niederreiter. 29% say Brett Favre. And 15%. That's 16. Small. Did you just vote? Yeah. Okay, 16% say Miko Koivu. So, so my question is, if would a 49-year-old Brett Favre ever consider play ho- playing hockey? You know, uh, yeah, I could. Now, will I do it? I, who knows? Uh, I, I've learned to never say never. Can you wear Wranglers? You know, uh, yeah, I could. Now, will I do it? I, who knows? Uh, I, I've learned... To never say never. Will they let him drive the Zamboni? You know, uh, yeah, I could. No. Don't take the bait on the next one. Who knows? (laughs) The hat trick. It's all we can Uh, take. I've learned to never say never. How would he do in a penalty box? No, 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 we're not doing it. We're not doing it. In fact, you know what? Hang on. You know what? I have a hockey thing. Just hold on a second. We're gonna listen. We're gonna listen to what I still consider to be the best breakdown possible of last night's Chargers-Chiefs game. A huge game, right? This is the best breakdown of, of that game beforehand. And I'm going to have some faith in, in Spencer <laughs> Wade and thinking that, you know, he can do some things. I'm keeping my eyes I'm keeping my eyes on this matchup right here. Spencer you got Ware's your linebacker. Out. I'm sorry? Spencer Ware is out. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I forgot. I'm sorry, out Max. I'm foot. sorry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He is out. But I'm thinking Tyreek Hill. I'm yeah. thinking Patrick Mahomes. I'm also looking at the San Diego Chargers on offense, and I'm thinking about Hunter Henry and the way that he's played this year and as effective as he's been. He's going up against Derek yeah, Johnson, and right. i got to keep my eyes on that because I'm looking at it from the standpoint. Uh, listen, here's, here's, here's where I'm at with all of this. Have we found out what happened with Stephen A there? You guys, I got the stats for those two last night. Oh, yeah, okay. Go ahead, Jonathan. Hunter Henry, zero catches, zero yards, zero touchdowns, didn't make an appearance. Okay. Derek Johnson, zero tackles. Zero plays played, didn't make an appearance. Because he wasn't even in uniform, I don't think. See, that's I don't why think of them were in Kansas City last night. I still want to know what happened there. <laughs> that's why you just got to be like, yeah, man, Patrick Mahomes and those boys. No, like that's what you got to do. That's what I said. When you're breaking down, when you're breaking yes. down something you don't know about, you just be like, man, Philip Rivers and them, them cats in San Diego. When Max even, even he said San Diego, and I don't fault him because yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah, everyone that's else a, that's does. A natural, that's forgivable. That's they a still are that the, just about anybody can have. Actually, yeah. do you have the song? Oh, the I don't. Yeah. I don't do have the song. Have when Max Kellerman create or er, corrects him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, is that is that Stephen A. breaking character a little bit? Yes, a little it bit. Totally yeah. sounds. Yeah. Stephen A.'s character Stephen has a. been broken ever since the Cowboys beat the Saints. And Will Kane destroyed him. Stephen A. has not been the same. And I am telling you guys, the content thrown, the content thrown is for the taking. And Kellerman piled on to that very point this week. I saw at because he said he and Kellerman got 
in a huge brawl about something, and Stephen A was, you know, you be quiet, and is trying to shut Max up, and Max is like, you're a fraud, or no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Max, it was Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose just <laughs> went after Stephen A. So that whole thing... Oh, I did see that. You're right, that whole thing with Dallas completely broke him, but this, I still, I mean, this was so egregious, It he either got set up, it was just weird. Do you think like a a producer, something. like a first take producer or something, like maybe how just do you like, deliberately and, fed him? Well, just, and, and why are you? No, there's no way they don't know. Those producers are really good. Okay, but to Danny, yeah. they don't do. They but, don't feed him wrong stuff. But to Danny, but I mean, like deliberately though, like. But to Danny's point, what's weird about the whole thing is that he, like ordinarily, you would say Philip Rivers and the Chargers are an incredibly tough team, and they've got this and they've got that, and just speaking generalities right Mm -hmm. what's really weird about it was he picked out specifics that were wrong like there there, no one would think of like yes exactly that's the thing even if hunter henry were healthy right unless he's like you got gronk danny you he got fed that you think absolutely it's too specific there were too and there were too many yes because i mean he got spencer ware wrong he got hunter henry wrong and Derek johnson isn't even on a roster i can get and Max, he plays. And Max right. stopped. Well, that's what I'm saying. And Kellerman stopped him on that one. And but then it was like you could see from from the uh, from the boxes that Kellerman and Bruski were in that as it just got worse, they were like, "Oh my God, I can't. We can't save to him. the point where they had to cut away from yes. both of them. They're like, "No, we're not going to." It's a setup. Clearly, it's clearly a, it's he's a doing something setup. wrong. We're Teddy's, Teddy's face was yes. That is the best part of it. it the best so part priceless. is not Stephen A. getting anything wrong. The best part is Teddy Bruski's reaction to Stephen A. getting things wrong. <laughs> it it like, is amazing. What? But it's too specific not to be set up by somebody. You might be right. Stephen A. Smith would never sit around his house and be like, you know what I'm going to talk about tomorrow, and I'm not going to to vet this at all or look this up. I'm just going to talk about... Hunter Henry. Yeah, Hunter Henry. <laughs> but even then, though... He's got the goods, man. And and even, even, even then, and here's where I can't give Stephen A. a break, because you're probably right, because I, I do feel like somebody fed him that information deliberately, like wrong information, to maybe just mess with him. But at the same time, you've got... Two of the top teams in the NFL playing on a primetime Thursday night game. You got an eleven and two team playing a ten and three team. Two of the best teams in the NFL playing. Like, how do you even how do you even go into that to talking about that game without knowing anything? How do you talk about anything other than Patrick Mahomes? Or the amount of kids that Philip Rivers has. Rivers, yeah. Yeah. Got another one on the way, by the way. It's like gonna be number ten. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got seven girls. But why wouldn't you say, and and why wouldn't you say, like, Melvin Gordon's out, and so that's going, there's just, there's easy general things to pick up on. Mm -hmm. I mean, instead, this. And I'm going to have some faith in in Spencer Way and thinking that, you know, he can do some things. I'm keeping my eyes, I'm keeping my eyes on this matchup right here. Spencer Ware's out. I'm sorry? Spencer Ware is out. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I forgot. I'm sorry, Max. I'm sorry. Absolutely. He is out. But I'm thinking Tyreek Hill. I'm thinking Patrick Mahomes. I'm also looking at the San Diego Chargers on offense, and I'm thinking about Hunter Henry and the way that he's played this year and as effective as he's been. He's going up against Derrick Johnson, and I got to keep my eyes on that because I'm looking at it from the standpoint. uh, Listen, here's, here's, here's where I'm at with all of this. Somebody gave him two specifics, purposely screwed up. No question, my mind. How can you think Hunter Henry's been effective? Well, and, and I he, mean, forget about the fact he hasn't played at all because he's been injured. But like, how can you even 
What is telling you? Yeah, Hunter Henry's been affected. And he also year. and he also was given a couple of chiefs that you could trust were right, and so you just start to trust everything you've got on that sheet. How many Chargers games do we think Stephen A's watched this year? Zero. Obviously zero. <laughs> I bet you he watches maybe Eagles games still. But I mean, he watches basketball constantly, probably, which is okay. I mean, that's cool. That's fine. Same. But he's yeah, right. But I'm just saying, if if it's your sport, it's your sport. Do you, do you think he was he set even, up? Do you think he even knows that Antonio Gates is still playing? Not until last you, night. You no. would you no. would think that's my and, guy. And here's the thing: no, because he, I think you're right. Because he fell on the Derek Johnson thing, even though Derek Johnson is long gone from the Chiefs as of last spring, you would think he would fall fall back on like Antonio Gates, because. Antonio Gates retired and then he came back. Like, so I don't know. Causes me to say this. So I, got, oh! <laughs> I got a hockey thing before we get out of here. All right. How much time do I have? Two minutes. Not two minutes. Yeah. Why don't we use like the goal horn celebration for more things? Like, that's awesome. I want to use the goal horn celebration in everyday life. Like, when I get a good parking spot in my apartment, I want to hit that. I noticed being at the game last night. I just want to know, and Jonathan, we talked about this. That's not a bad idea. I want to I know think why, we need to use it more in everyday life. I want to know why the Wild are not using Let's Go Crazy. Uh, Still, let's get, let's get nuts. Song. Was there, did they get like a note from the Prince of State saying you can't use it? Or? I No, no, no. I don't think they ever. In fact, I think they use it after wins now. Yeah, they, so they did last They night. changed it under pressure. They like that Joe Scatterini, Scambini. So bored with they, that. They, like, like that they the liked beginning. that and they wanted to go back to it. Now, I do think part of the reason why they went back, though, is Let's Go Crazy is also used after Vikings touchdowns and Twins home runs. Yeah, so, so that it's became like three. Overkill, but kinda. I'm, but but I well, think find a different song. No, Don't go I, back to that crappy hey, one that they use. I agree, I agree. That Joe, yeah, it's bad. The guitar. It's, just, it's it's. Do you it's know that that scale. was my understanding of that song was that song was sent out as a template around the National Hockey League to play after goals because Rock and Roll Part Two by Gary Glitter used mm-hmm. to be the big song, and then Gary got in some yeah, very use that anymore. some very bad trouble with children that we don't want to talk about here, and so they said use this. And it was just I, I, Jonathan Manny, you're right. Change the song, but I like the idea of the goal song of picking a goal song and that being like. No, I'm not even talking the song. I just want the horn. Oh, you just want the horn? Like, can I make my car horn Is that here? No, oh, yeah, that, that's no, the, that's the song. That's the song. You, the you see, like, I mean, how can you embrace this song? I mean, Ch- this Chicago has a really good goal scoring song. Oh, Chelsea Dagger. That's a really Chelsea good Dagger. one. Oh, people every, here every wild, that. Every wild fan in Minnesota hates <laughs> Chelsea it's Dagger. It's fantastic. It's a great it, song. It is a I'm great sorry. Song. It, it, that song is awesome. It is fantastic. All right, Danny. Well, I, I just want the the horn. How they do it, the, their execution is perfect. You get the goal scored. You get a horn in the arena. or mm-hmm. And awesome. then you get that. It's awesome. And it's the perfect segue to it. They should mash that up with Sheck Wes. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley Dokley. On 1500 ESPN.